Welcome back, everybody, to the Stark Wars podcast. Today, we are talking about a new show. It's episodes one and two of Hawkeye. Um, we had a double banger this week, and I'm here with my dude, bro. It's Tommy Pizzullo. How are you? I'm good, Michael. But listen, if you're going to want this sweater, you're going to have to duel me in some LARPing. We're going to LARP up in here, but you got to let me kill you. It's got to, but you got to make it look good, though. Yeah, I don't know, Tommy. I might have to go full force. Like, I think we need to battle at some point. Um, you know, some Stark Stark warriors LARPing. We'll get we'll we'll create two sides. Michael on one side, Tommy on the other. Everyone can join a side, and we'll just we'll just LARP away. I was thinking Marvel versus DC would be the Star Stark Wars. Uh, I mean, not DC Star Wars. <laughs> well, yeah, you Marvel. can represent Star Wars, and then I'll. Represent. If anybody comes up in DC costumes, we're beating you up. <laughs> yeah, we, we like DC. We're kidding. We're kidding. <laughs> uh, but hey, Tommy, we have a guest here, and uh, I don't think he's wearing a tracksuit today, but he's got the energy for it. So, Mark Levy, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm really afraid you guys can make me decide who to like over both y'all, and that would not be fair for me as a human being. You just cut me in half and let that be that way, okay, bro? Yeah, bro. Uh, but I'm also wearing a tracksuit energy always, because tracksuit energy, hashtag tracksuit energy. That's what it's all about, you know? Well, awesome, Mark. Hey, this is your first time here. It's long overdue, and I want to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself uh to the audience let them know who you are and then also maybe talk about like uh what it's been like for you to be a marvel fan overall. all right uh my name is mark um i've known these two bros for a little over a year now um probably a year and a half for michael and almost a year and a half for tommy it doesn't matter bro uh but basically the easiest way to play it is die hard day one uh wow i i'm a I'm a day, I'm a day one fan of the Star Wars. Woo! I can't even speak today. That's where I'm at. Uh, but yeah, so um, I've listened to most of the episodes. The only ones I miss are the shows I don't really watch. Most of What If, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, um, I'm excited to be here. Um, for my Marvel nerdery, uh, I basically, uh, with my best friend Marshall, we both used to watch uh, the X-Men cartoon show from the early 90s like all the time at our sleepovers and we both were obsessed with different x-men uh neither wolverine because wolverine yeah he's easy to be obsessed with he was obsessed with gambit and i'm obsessed with cyclops i believe that's still the same thing for both of us uh 30 years later but very excited to be here talking about some new stuff not the biggest comic book reader but big big marvel fan um i mean raised on spider-man and all that stuff and i remember even seeing uh, the original spider-man movie in theaters like in a, in a preview screening a few months before it came out and just had my mind blown yes uh well tommy i want to hop into uh hawkeye here you know I, I i always try to ignore you up until we record you know because I, I i like to get it fresh here on the air i have no idea what you think i know you like rogers the musical that goes without saying but tommy what did you think of these two episodes you know uh i loved it i i really came in hoping for for something similar to the Hawkeye comics that this is based on. And it just, it surpassed my expectations so far. You know, it's only two episodes. Uh, and, you know, as you know, I love lore. I love Easter eggs. This episodes are chock full of so many Easter eggs. Like you're going to hear, I'm going to be annoying in this episode because I'm going to keep coming in with the comic book knowledge because, like, it is wild. And I thought that, like, and I know, you, you know, I, the one thing I do know is, like, you're a big uh, Katie Bishop fan. And, and Kate Bishop and and she was great. You know, the uh, Haley was great as her. Their connection with Clint was great. I I honestly have very little complaints about the episodes. 
Yeah, look, I mean, obviously, it's hard for me to, like, come in here, like, even if it was bad, like, I'm I'm always just going to gush over Kate Bishop. You know, Mark, I'm not a big comics guy either, but one of the few I have uh, read is this run of Hawkeye that it seems oh, to be Oh, you mean the one on. I just bought? That one <laughs> yes. Just yeah. Uh, I just, I'm literally three books in, like, I read the uh, Young Avengers and the first two of the Hawkeyes, and it's just, I can't wait to see how it goes. But yeah, Tommy, like, and I felt, I felt kind of like you a little bit. Like, finally, I was like seeing things that I was like, oh, I know what that is, you know, like, like the tracksuit mafia, the, the apartments, uh, the dog, um, even down to like them putting bandages on. Like, this is all stuff straight out of that, that run of Hawkeye. And uh, man, I, I like, I'm just giddy over it. It was so, it was so much fun. And I think they did so well. And yes, Haley Steinfeld is a star. And uh, like, again, it, like that character is so precious to me and I don't think they picked, they couldn't have picked a better person. So Mark, uh, what, what is your initial reactions here to these episodes? I generally loved it. Like, um, I feel like Hawkeye is one of the characters in the Avengers that we know the least of. No, he is now officially after we got the black widow movie. And also like, since he doesn't really appear in other people's movies, he's for like the team up movies. Um, but I really, really loved how patient the show is like setting things up like i know all the time about that prologue blew my mind i thought it was one of the best things i've seen uh from any marvel tv show um but like i just love the humor that's at play at the show in the show it kind of reminds me of like if disney did a shane black christmas movie spot on <laughs> which spot is also on. he's done a marvel movie and it also yeah. was a christmas movie kind of so i think it's close you know yeah. It it definitely so far has felt the most movie energy like of the TV shows for me. Yeah. It you know, it didn't feel like a TV show at times. Uh yeah, I agree, Mark. Like I, I think they, they nailed that the prologue. Yeah, well let's talk about that a little bit. Um and again, like sometimes like I, I just had to like catch myself and like think because I was constantly being blown away. And you're right, this opening sequence just like floored me. But I kept having to catch myself and be like is this as cool as I think it is? And, and he, well, here's my argument here. And I'm not hating on it because, again, I was like completely floored. But uh, I always feel a little bit weird when it's always kind of like um, it's not retconning, but it's very convenient that uh, Kate Bishop was saved by an arrow from Hawkeye. But also, like, it makes sense that she'd be near the Battle of New York, right? Because she is a New Yorker. She's rich and a whole Fight, fight happened in Midtown, so it's it makes sense to me that that she would have been in the way of the danger. You know, I do agree with what you're saying, but I don't know. It didn't feel it didn't feel as aggressively retcon as it could be. You know. Okay, yeah, and I just had to like check myself. I'm like, am I? I was like, because I I really did gush over these episodes, and I'm like, am, am I going too far? Like, I I really just I want to control myself, and I want to get too excited. Um, Tommy, I want to hear your take on this this prologue a little more. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I think what made it okay for me is the fact that they did show, like, shots from the Avengers movie as well. Like, they show, like, from her point of view, they show, you know, Hawkeye and the big explosion and him jumping off the building and saving himself. Like, we see those moments. So, like, I kind of took it as, like, you know, this might have been, like, a deleted scene in the Avengers. Maybe he shot an arrow off. Now we're seeing it now because it's relevant now. But, uh, yeah, I think this was a really good opening for both, like, setting up his her parents um, – you know, obviously something tragic happens uh, for her as, as all superheroes need to, right? Like there has to be something tragic. It's interesting though, that they switched it in the comics. Eleanor dies 
and and the dad doesn't. So it's interesting that they're doing that. I think I know why they're doing it. I can get into it more when we talk about Eleanor, but uh, I thought that was cool. And yeah, I, I really liked this this opening um, and, and kind of setting up a lot of Quint stuff that I think I didn't realize how much was going to be on Quint as well as Kate Bishop and like setting this up and then playing it into the Rogers musical that we'll get into of like, and what Mark was already talking about is that whole idea that Quint is kind of seen as the the dud of the Avengers, and I'm glad they're kind of addressing that. And that's kind of throughout this prologue a little bit, and then leads into the the Rogers stuff. I think. So I do like. Um, I actually, I feel like Clint. And you're right. He he. We haven't had enough. He's probably probably had the least screen time of all the Avengers. I think we can all agree on that. Um, but I think like for me, like, and obviously like the peak of his character for me was Endgame. And, like, I feel like that is a perfect way to come into this and, like, seeing, like, how he's kind of reintegrating himself into being, like, a normal dad again, um, which is really exciting. But um, let's – I want to talk now about – this is a very fun scene, I thought. Um, The bell tower scene. um, (laughs) I don't even know what she was doing. Like, like, I guess she was just, like, her friends better to go ring the bell. It felt like a hating thing. I guess yeah, yeah. This uh, Mark, what you? Well, I thought it was very funny the how it collapsed and everything. What do you think of this? Yeah, no, it's just I like that. Like, because I feel like we don't see. I don't, I feel like a lot of times, uh, comic book adventurers forget that it could be comic, um, and like it was well shot, like with like the whole like arrow, like following with the thing and like th- uh, following like the camera, and um, I like how the first time it happens, she hits it. And you hear a little bing, and she's like, "Oh man, I really want to impress my friends and make a good move." And then she's like attaching a like a was like a hook to it. I guess, yeah. Uh, and like it just it just fucked up a bell tower. Uh, like I mean, as a person that went to college with a giant bell tower, I was just like, "Man, that would be horrifying to see this hundred foot statue thing just crumble like that." Um, and I don't know. I just I like I like. I like the I like the t- the pace the show feels like it's gonna be. It feels like it's gonna be a very easy watch compared to like a Loki where like you have to like focus on every. I watch every episode of Loki twice. Like this, I feel like I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be able to get everything once, which is I'm mean, nothing bad about the show, but it's also a thing of like, oh yeah, I'm not gonna need like study the show to understand what's happening. Did you get like Daredevil Netflix vibes? I got a little bit of that of the pacing of like that kind oh, of man. like very like what well, we don't get Fisk until like episode three. Like we really aren't introduced to you know Jack, but like I feel like the pacing and even the styling at times. But it's a little bit funnier. It's definitely got the comedy in there. Um, I will say I was sad about the bell tower for like a second, and then did you see what tower what? it is? It's Stain Tower. It's 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 a on honor of Obadiah Stain. We went back oh, really? last week, Michael. Th- they can take down the whole tower. Wow, I, good catch there, Tommy. I did I did see that. Um, very very cool. Um, well, let's move on to this is this is another one. Look, I think I pro- I might if I had to guess, Mark. I'm not too sure. I'm gonna make a bold pre- prediction here. I think I'm probably the one that's the least interested in musical theater here. Well, I definitely um, tell you, knowing Tommy, I know you're the least. Okay. Uh. <laughs> so look, and actually, I'm a theater kid. Like I I I I was in plays, but I I couldn't sing, so I just never got into it. Um, but um. Yeah, Tommy, I want to get your take on uh, Rogers the Musical. Yeah, I loved Rogers the Musical for multiple reasons. I think it um, set up a lot, like I was just hinting at, it set up a lot with Quint. We see the battle, 
and then we get this version, which is like it's so cheesy, right? Like, first of all, he should not be there, Clint. You that's traumatic. That is a traumatic event in your life, and you're gonna watch this comical thing. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I did love it. I I love the cheesiness of it. I love the whole Ant Man thing where Ant Man's there, which is like technically true. He did go back to the Battle of New York uh, in in Endgame, so it's like technically he he was there. Um, I think that's so funny, and and I think like that scene with his daughter, I really love how they're creating that dynamic there, not just like him and Kate Bishop, but they are showing his family and we're seeing that. Uh, but man, Rogers, the musical is happening right in our life. Like that's, that's going to happen now. Oh, I'm, I'm going to spend 200 bucks to see that for like the middle of the theater, like perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, look again, it's, I, I thought it was very cute the way they did it. Um, it almost felt like, though, I don't know, is it too soon to do a musical like that? Like, I feel like especially, like, if people are still more, and maybe they're not, it's been a couple years now in that universe, yeah. but uh, do they, are they mourning Tony Stark and Black Widow still? Is it okay to, like, have them dance? I think they're okay. Well, I mean, it's a thing of, like, when you think about, like, current musical theater and stuff like that, like, it makes any of the play come from away, which is a 9-11 musical, and that started being developed around, like, 2016. So I could see... Um, because what uh, in Avengers time in, in Marvel time it's what twenty twenty three or so right now, right? I know it's a little bit ahead of us. I, yeah, I'm not exactly. Sure, but I don't know. In my mind, I feel like it could be like a cool new Broadway musical, Rogers musical. But I want to talk about something. It's a big fucking musical, right? And like everything looked really cool, but the costumes look terrible. Yeah. Um, like, like, like they're just like in hoodies and I'm like, no, um, or like sleeveless shirts. I'm like, that's just spend some money on the costumes, you know? Yeah. yeah it really like, felt phoned in at times. And like, oh, like you could do a musical on this, but like, it was so cheeky. Like, so it was like, ha ha. We did like, it was so hammy. And it's like, well, maybe if you did it serious, it would be a little bit more tasteful. Oh, I don't know. I'm very okay with it being hammy. Like, don't get me wrong, but it's just like the costuming. It's like, uh, Gravel Hulk was like in like a sleeveless sweater, like, uh, like Ant Man has a backwards hat on. It's like, hey, we're in the cool kid versions of the Avengers. I don't know. Yes. Um. So, I, I don't know if you guys have any comments about. I know there's another scene here with uh with Kate Bishop and her mom. Um, she takes away her credit card, so um, we don't have to go into that too much. But I do want to talk about this Chinese restaurant, Tommy. Uh, I feel like you might have some comments here. I think there are some things here, right? Yeah, there's at least, like, one thing, right? This, like, lucky cat keeps yeah. showing up, right? Why does this lucky cat keep... Sh it's got to mean... Do they just love it? Is it just, like, this, like... Maybe it gives them good luck in their TV show, so they're like, all right, we're going to keep it in and everything. I don't know. Well, look, the last one I saw it in was the worst of the <laughs> bunch, so... That is true. It's maybe the bad sign. Oh, no, Michael. <laughs> Yeah, so we saw this. We saw this little waving cat in in uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So I thought it was interesting. They, they it was kind of, I mean, it was brief, but they 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 lingered on it for a second. Quickly, do we want? I mean, I guess it's addressed more later, and we can wait. But the Hawkeye hearing loss, you know, we see that here. Yeah, uh, yeah, musical. Tommy. What what do you think about all this? Uh, yeah, I just want to bring up because like that is from the comics, and I I think it's it's different because they don't really tell you what caused it. It's just like well. A lot of stuff happened. I'm not really sure. And like, I think that's fine. I'm okay with that. But I do think it's an interesting trait. And like, it's, we see it, uh, not trait, but it's like an interesting thing to give him and, and show in the, in the universe. But uh, I think it's interesting because we see when he's walking it, they did a good job of like showing 
him move to different sides and and paying attention to everyone because he can't. That's such a a weakness for him now. I thought that was really fascinating. He's always been the most human Avenger. Like like when we see him just exist, right? Um, I don't know. It's just I like the fact that we get to see like corny dad, but like still serious, like soldiery Clint. You know. Um, I don't know. I just, I'm also really happy. It's like the first time I feel like we've gotten content where they don't talk about the blip. Cause I feel like the last like five or six movies be like, Oh, the blip, the blip, the blip. Um, and I'm like, we all like, we're past the blip. It's like, it's like when they make no, I don't know, Spider-Man movies are like, Oh, we're not going to show, um, um, uncle Ben dying. You know, like it's nice to see. Okay. We already have our given circumstances. Let's just dive in. Yeah. And, um, also I- this is definitely jumping ahead a little bit uh, based on what we know about the character we saw at the end of the second episode. Um, it seems like that is like, I mean, and of course what we got in Eternals as well. It seemed, I really like the integration of these different stories and in terms of like disabilities, right? And just seeing like ASL on TV. So I'll, I'll share a, a, a small tidbit about my life here and like how I think it, it is important. Um, so my daughter, she just turned four. Um, uh, she's different than other kids. She she has not spoken a word yet. So we're trying slowly, like we, we're not great at it, but um, we try to teach her ASL where we can. And I don't know. It's just cool that like, that's like things I didn't see in TV shows ever. I, I can't, I, I really can't. And that's so weird. Like, it's such a common thing that, uh, I mean, I'm sure you could make, I, I never saw it. I've never seen ASL on a TV show. So never. Um, yeah. I think that's so cool. But yeah, like between Makari and uh and Echo, like it's gonna like it's cool they're getting badass women that are uh hearing hearing impaired, you know. Um, and I mean, I agree with you guys on Eternals holistically too. By the way, I'm just letting you know that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I felt are. really good because I heard so much bad stuff about Eternals, and I saw it opening <laughs> night. I'm like, this is great. What's wrong, people? But it doesn't matter. But yeah, no, it's a thing of I like that we're getting a lot of different representation instead of just guys that look like us being like super strong and it's like that's cool but like what about other people in the world right exactly so well 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 put there um tommy do we have anything else about this uh this chinese restaurant oh i i do here's what this isn't like a plot point at all but i just thought it was funny um uh i guess they're on the phone and one of the kids said bye just like you do sometimes at the end of the show <laughs> they, they must have stole it from me they probably listened to the podcast michael it wasn't like the long bye, but it was like uh, the repetitive. It was like it was like bye bye bye. <laughs> it was like, and it was so quiet. Nobody oh, nobody recognized that. But I showed big web production in December of last year. So in theory, one of your fans could have been watching. You know, I'm just I'm just stating I'm a just fact. Saying. Tommy, you're you're a trendsetter. That's I've been saying that for years. They just had to catch up to me. You know. <laughs> Well, let's talk about um, this is kind of where things uh, get a little more interesting, right? We learn a little bit more about the plot. We meet Armand in this next scene. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of Ar- Armand's uh, a little weird. Like he's like leaking information. Um, like, like that whole family that. is so aggra- like there was no like, hey, how it was just like, I hate your mother. What? Like, and I think at first I was like, this is weird. But the more I like learned about him and even Jack, I'm like, no, it's like almost belittling Kate to a degree where it's like, she's not even well enough enough that he can tell her this and she can't do anything about it. Or when Jack is literally talking in third person to her, like, it's like, 
it's ridiculous sometimes. And I actually, I hated it at first, but Armand, Armand like did grow on me in that way of like, no, he just doesn't care about it. Like she's insignificant to him. And that's why he's spreading all this. Now are, this is a weird question, but are, are they like the same way they are in the show in the books? So Armand is actually Jack's dad in the book. Okay. Uh, or in the comic. Um, so that's like a little different, but I think like for the well, most part, because I mean, they're so weird yeah. and I vaguely mean, evil. Uh, Jack is definitely, you know, we can get into Jack in a little bit. Right. Jack has some big comic book uh, uh, history going on. Well, Tommy, I want you to fill us in on a little bit of that, but I just want to say like um, Jack has come on so heavy handed. I mean, we're team mustache here, but like you really made this guy look about as villainous as humanly possible. And the I way mean, he talks. all you gotta do is just start swirling <laughs> it. <and be> like, <laughs> so my prediction here, and this is probably a bold one, but uh, I think I don't. I think there's gonna be a turnaround here. I don't think Jack is a bad guy. What do you think, Tommy? Um, I mean, Jack's the worst. First of all, let's just talk about like <laughs> relationships, right? If you are <laughs> dating someone's mom, taking consideration this is a a like a tough. Thing for Kate to deal with. He's so rude to her and doesn't even like give her any like like uh time to process this news. It's just like when she finds out about the engagement, you know, I'm jumping around a bit, but it's like he's just like, well, cat's out of the bag. Like it's like, read the room, dude. Yeah, I don't like Jack. Uh I that's interesting. I do think there's more at play, Michael. I don't I think he's he is a villain, but I don't think he's the main villain. Uh I don't trust Eleanor. I don't trust her. I don't like her. I think there's more going on there. But I'll talk about the Jack thing real quick. Uh, Jack is the swordsman. Uh, you can kind of get that. He's very obsessed with swords. We see that. The swordsman is a very fascinating character and is a villain. Uh, kind of a hired assassin kind of vibe. But he's also one of the mentors of Hawkeye in the comics. You know, he got mentored by Trick Shop for the arrows. And he got mentored by uh, uh, swordsman. And like... It was basically like at a certain point, Hawkeye found out that Swordsman was kind of evil. And so he was like, yeah, I am. And he basically just beat Hawkeye up, left him to dead, and then like ran off. But like that's their relationship. So it'll be interesting to see. Is that going to be part of it? I doubt it's a mentor type thing. But it's still, you know, definitely some connections there. So, Mark, what did you think of Jack? Um. Yeah, it's really easy to paint him as a villain immediately, especially in the episode two stuff with the fencing. Um, I'm hoping that this show doesn't go the easy route that way. Um, except from, my, from what I've understood about the book so far from a podcast I listen to, that there's a lot of great characters inside the book that are villains. So I'm hoping that maybe one of those is the big bad. Um, but he's a really fun, rich villain, which I feel like we haven't seen one of those in a long time. Not just like in comics. Like, I mean, like I'm talking like cliche, like snidely whiplash evil, you know? And I'm like, if it goes evil, I'm fine with that. But like, it felt so easy for him to be evil in the second episode. Um, but like the whole auction sequence, even like he felt off, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's call, let's talk about the auction because uh, Kate, Kate follows him down to like this, evil black market auction. Uh, <laughs> it's so great. I love it. It's oh, so sinister no, for no reason. <laughs> and I love the whole Gary thing, that they're having oh my God, actually the be a guy thing. named Gary. The Gary <laughs> thing is so brilliant. Like, I'm like, 
like what a perfect boring bland man name and then the guy's like hi i'm gary like gary someday no i did it <laughs> and then her her like her getting him to like think for a second because she's like uh how dare you not remember my name see this is the problem gary like that was so <laughs> genius it was so it was good and just like makes you fall for kate even more just like she's such a good character she almost started like, crying in that moment <laughs> Like you follow her so much in that first episode. Like I think like it's like seventy five percent her in the first episode, probably twenty five percent Clint. Um, and I think that's great because you like you know if they're gonna be co leads in the show, it's good to get the one that you know nothing about. Um, more stuff. Yeah. Right. So um, yeah, we, <laughs> the, the this whole that was really funny. Um, but yeah, we we start to see where they're auctioning off some of the. Ronan memorabilia. What was and... the skull? The that... skull was like was the skull one the, from like the Battle of New York. It looked like a triceratops, and I don't know if there's any think, significance. Yeah, there. I was trying to have a good look at. It. I couldn't really see it too well. Yeah, I think it was a dinosaur uh, okay. bone type thing. Yeah, I feel like I mean it was so specific. It has to be a reference to something. Who knows though? Like, wh- why do they have a triceratops head? And then they're like giving away like weapons too. I don't know. It's uh, I mean, it was a very Ronin specific auction, except for that. I'm like, does he murder Triceratops later in the book? I mean, have you have you been to a, a black market? Like, don't they sell like? A I mean, do it all the time. Uh, yeah, like I, I go York, like I will these like 50 Triceratops skulls at this point. I mean, like, like it's always just human remains and Triceratops skulls, you know? Yeah, and like I a like samurai sword. Yeah, the auctioneer after he sold the skull, he was like, "Hey, but you didn't get it from here." And they're all like, "Oh, oh, oh, oh yeah." It's <laughs> <laughs> <was> like God. <laughs> also, like the skull, I feel like was super expensive. Which I mean, don't get me wrong, like probably rare. But like the sword is also, I feel like the sword for rats. Yeah, and it was only I say only, but it was only like what, like four hundred thousand it went up to, but it's starting at two hundred thousand. They got a deal. They got a steal for that sword. We got to yeah. steal for the steal. Hey, bad joke. Uh, I, I think the thing is, nobody, and that's kind of like a theme here, is nobody knows that Hawkeye was Ronan. And I think had if they were like, this is Hawkeye's sword, then the price would have been up a little bit. But there, it, he's just like a random vigilante. It's like when a book author writes under another name and it doesn't really do well, but then once the name comes out, it's like, boom, now it's going to sell. That's what they, they should leak that Hawkeye's Ronan and then that, that sword leak of sound like Hawkeye's. Yeah. <laughs> cowards <laughs> uh, but yeah so uh the tracksuit mafia comes they blow up a wall and it causes chaos we get we get um we get jack who steals the sword and then kate puts on the ronin suit which um did she have to put on the ronin suit i don't know but it was cool and she kicked a lot of butt I, and uh well this is too big for her yeah I, I had a lot of fun with this i thought this was uh like and, and even in the moment, I was like, okay, I can't wait for them to explain how she's so good at, like, kicking... This child is good at, like, kicking everyone's butt. And they did later with the martial arts stuff. But, yeah, she, like, she... And it, and it, it was never, like, perfect, right? Like, you'd see where she was, like, slipping up here and there. But um, she always figured it out. And she seemed like she was... Like, if nothing else, she's, like, smart in the middle of battle. And I thought that was cool. Yep. Agreed. I thought that the battle was a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, what did you think about... The item that they they were looking for, Michael. I would like to stop down this watch. What what do you have any theories of what it is? Because there's theories out there, Michael. There are theories of what this watch could be. Like I didn't even put that in my notes. Like that's how off the board it is for me. So please tell me and tell me. Well, the big thing that people are leaning on maybe is it's uh, Tony's watch 
from Civil War, the one that turns into the handgun thing, um, if you remember that. Uh, another interesting thing uh, to put out there, one of our series, Loki, there's a, a guy who we've been talking about who may be coming out named King. Uh, 268, which is the number on the watch, is a comic in the Avengers that features Kang in his time palace. May mean nothing, but it's a watch. I don't know. It could just be a nice nod. Every number in these shows means something. We learned this with WandaVision. It's it's no coincidence. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, here's another funny little bit. Um, when she is like, when she gets outside, the dog is stopping an assailant. Why, how did this dog know this guy was evil? Mark, do you have any... Uh, You're a dog man, first and foremost. I, I do love dogs. Uh, that's yeah. for sure. Uh, because you can smell the tracksuit on someone, even if they're not visibly wearing the tracksuit. I actually do have a theory about the watch, but I don't. it's kind of a dumb theory. So. Hit us, please. We're uh, welcome dumb. Th- look look so, at who you're talking to, Mark. It's I me. literally pitched Baby Avengers. Like, no, like, okay. <laughs> so I'm thinking maybe Captain Coons' watch from Pulp Fiction. Ooh. That I mean, would be... can you imagine that, a Pulp Fiction Marvel crossover? Yeah. Can you imagine Christopher Walken comes out and is like, I hit that watch on my ass for like a year. And then all of a sudden, you know, that's what we find out, you know? I mean, That'd everyone is freaking out about the DC being canon now. Um, Why not look, things, I'd but... rather have the, the Tarantino verse in this. I mean, that'd be great. Like, can you imagine like the Tarantino and Marvel Cinematic Universe? Yeah, <laughs> Marvel. Kill Bill will be an Avenger <laughs> or the Bride. The bride, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, no, with the dog, like that dog is that dog's got heart to it, man. Like, like obviously, it's the same. I've read, read, learned about that dog for the two issues of the book I read. How in the dog in the comic book, like the dog almost dies beforehand. So I thought that was pretty cool. Like that, like this dog is this dog is a smart dog, and I like that. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's just. I didn't really write too many notes about this part, honestly, because I was getting dis- I was distracted by something that was about to happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I look, Lucky the dog is great. Uh, Lucky the pizza dog, amazing character from the comics, and uh, I don't want to say too much because again, I don't want to ruin the comics for you now, Mark. Uh, but yeah, he is definitely like there's there's stuff there that I don't think they're doing in the the show, but his like introduction is a little different in the comics. Um, and then the only other thing, the assailant that like was fighting or whatever his name is kazi uh this is a villain i'm, I'm gonna be so annoying with this stuff but there's literally they put so much in this there's a villain named the clown who they think people that they, that's out there as like potentially uh being that guy why i think this is relevant is he works alongside kingpin there you know i there's a lot of kingpin type stuff in this in this show um sp- specifically episode two and g- character very connected to Kingpin, so um, I'd be in shock if we don't see Kingpin by episode four. Honestly, like that's where I'm like that's where I'm leaning towards personally right now. So I, I never finished the the Daredevil TV show. I, I think I watched season one, but um, like, and, and I'm clearly not familiar with the clown or anything like this. So this is kind of like blowing my mind right now. Like I, this was not something that I even thought was out there. But um, the possibilities are exciting, especially if you explore other rumors. But we won't even go into that. Um, 
So let's talk about the murder of Armand and let's figure out. Oh, yeah, yeah, I want to bring something up. Okay. Sorry. Yes, please. Uh, because as a person who lives in New York, I get very excited whenever I see this. Why, whenever people are watching anything in New York, it's always New York One and Pat Kiernan is on TV. Um, I don't know why I love it so much. Pat Kiernan's a great news anchor, and I used to watch New York One all the time when I had cable. But it's just so funny. He is literally the only news anchor in New York. That's all I wanted to bring up. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that, that's interesting. Take. That's an Easter egg. He's also an episode two. I'm like, yeah, Pat Kiernan, get that Marvel money. <laughs> we love to see it. Um, but yes, Tommy, what's your... So she goes and she sees that Armand has been... I mean, look, it looks like Armand was stabbed by a sword, if I'm being real here. Um, and then she sees some caramel, which I didn't know what the heck that had to do with anything until later, but it was like oddly specific. But Tommy, uh, what, what happened here? Who... Let's play murder mystery. I mean, it's definitely setting up that it's uh, uh, Jack. But again, I don't think it's Jack. Or if it is, he's in complex. Eleanor's the true villain. I'm saying it here so that when it happens, we can watch it back. I'm telling you, there's something about her. There was that Armin conversation that they, we didn't talk about it yet. But like the way he was talking, it's like he knows something. And she knew he knew something. And I think she knows that Jack's evil. And they're working together. And it's going to be this big thing. And then Haka is going to adopt Kate and it's going to be adorable. And we're all going to love it. <laughs> awesome. Um, yes. Well, let's talk. Um, th- this is, let's talk the meetup between our two Hawkeyes here. Um, we see, we see Kate get ambushed again and somebody comes to save the day. Um, and uh, Clint Barton is using, what is this weapon he's using, Mark? It looks like a whip. Did you catch this? No. Well, maybe I'm wrong, or maybe he was like punching them weird, but like it was like uh, it like cracked, like he was like slapping people with something. It looked like a towel in like you know like a locker room. You just oh, gonna... yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it almost like I don't know. I feel like it's almost like uh, not like nunchucks, but something of this. Like it seemed like a weapon. Like it didn't yeah. seem like a towel, but it, I get your. That's the best comparison I have. It could be a towel. We we do not have information at this Clint, time, Michael. <laughs> Clint Bar- Barton's spanking butts in the locker room. I mean, going maybe on? he just ran out of weapons, so he just got a towel and just boop boop boop. You know. Either yeah. way, he was doing impressive work. He, it, he... it stings to get whipped by a towel. That's all. I never whipped by a towel, Michael. Like really, you have. <laughs> it was a thing in high school, the guys. The, yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. But maybe I won't share too much. All right. Uh, <laughs> But yes, we see them meet up in the alleyway here, and Clint is about to punch the heck out of Kate until he realizes that it is a child. So uh, that ends episode one. Does anybody else have anything to say about all this? That was a really good setup. I think, like Mark said, the fact that it really focused on Kate, I think, was really smart, especially because I think episode two focused a little bit more on Clint. And I, I think they did it where it's like by episode two, you're already hooked on Kate. Like you, you, you yeah. know what you're getting and you know that you're like invested in her character. I also really want to, because we didn't get a chance to say it, but I really wanted to say how much I love the the opening credits, how they look exactly like the animation style for the comic book, because it has like a cool, fun, like retro vibe to it uh, with that same exact lettering. So it was cool. Yeah. I think the only other thing I wanted to talk about, we didn't mention it yet, but like, you know, Michael, you love Young Avengers, and there's big West Coast Avengers vibes in this show. I don't like Swordsman, big in that. Uh, uh, and specifically, there's two friends that we see very briefly during that whole stain tower. Boo, stain, boo. But there's there's a whole uh, uh, thing. One of the friends, 
was named Greer, which is potentially Tigra. And then the other friend is Franny, who, uh, again, this may not go anywhere, but is one of the Electras at some point. Obsessed with the villains, obsessed with Electra specifically, and goes kind of down that path. So again, could just be nods, but I think it's really interesting, especially when you're looking at what Avengers are going to come in the future, uh, West Coast Avengers and, and whatnot. Especially the other thing I, I also forgot to mention was, uh, or no, I think there's an episode too, so we'll, we'll hold off on the other part. All right, so let's yeah, let's talk about um, let's talk about episode two here, and we it picks up right where we left off uh, in that alleyway, and um, again, like um, if I have any complaints, right? And I again, I don't want to complain too much because I really did like this stuff, but I feel like a lot of this was like, like I felt like Hawkeye was kind of like I realized he needed to stop Kate from doing what he, what she was doing, but I felt like he just was following her around too much. Like, like, it, like, um, you didn't have to go this far. You could have, like, taken the suit and left. Am I alone in this? I don't know. I mean, like, I, I think I understand what you're saying. I think they really wanted to accept the dynamic of, like, her being a rich kid, uh, him being, like, him being a, a blue-collar guy who now has money. Like, that's, like, what I got from, like, the, that, like, those couple long scenes, like that, especially in the beginning of episode two, where it's, like, it's so fascinating that these two people are both great archers, um, and they're both come from such different backgrounds. Yeah, true. Um, well, they get, he ends up, he, he, I guess he, the the first excuse is he's got to get her home. Like, he feels responsible for this child, which, may, that makes sense. I, I, won't, I won't get too mad, but we get to the apartment, and again, I mentioned the apartment up at the top. Um, this is very much reminiscent of the comics, this, this style of the apartment. Um, I was so sad to see it burned down because I just think it's such a cool apartment. I liked, uh, I liked it. Maybe it'll come back. Maybe the, maybe Clint will like fix it up for her and it's like a nice nod. I, I hear you about like the Clint stuff, but I think it comes down to the, like, the conversation he has with her where he's like, does anyone know? Because he has no information of what she did with the suit and what happened at this point, right? So it's like... I felt like this was him making he's still an Avenger at heart and he's got to make sure she's safe because I think he can see she has a good heart and like she's just a kid who who got into something she didn't realize what she got into. So that's where I guess I give the excuse of like, you know, I think he's just trying to watch out for the for her, you know. Yeah, I love that like a lot of the characters we're getting here. I know we'll get at some of it with Miss um, Marvel coming up, but I just love the concept that like um there are characters in the MCU that are fans of the MCU in the way that we are fans of the MCU. So, um, yeah, I thought this was really cool. She's, like, kind of freaking out that Hawkeye's in her apartment. She wants a signature on her bow. Um, Mark, anything else stand out for you in this scene? Nothing really. I just thought it was just a really good, sweet character-building scene. Again, like, adding to that whole, like, this is going to be a different pace Avenger, like, a Marvel show. Like, it's not going to be a Loki. It's not going to be a WandaVision. Well, WandaVision is, like, nothing else. But, like, it's not going to be um, uh, oh my god. Uh, wow. Falcon Winter Soldier. I told yeah. you about the <laughs> It's definitely not what if, but, like, it's I don't know. I just it's adding to that weird, like, Christmas TV special slash movie vibe that's adding, like, where it's like about the people and, and like what the reason for the season of like being with people you care about, you know, that's why I kept getting, especially with his kids, with, um, with her in this part, like where he felt like he had to take care of her. 
Yeah. And also, I just want to uh, throw a shout out to a friend of the podcast, Robbie Freeman, who once said a soldier in the f- in the in the Winter Falcon. So I uh, can't get much worse than that. Um, I hope he's I, I forgot the name of the show. So, I mean, <laughs> I was just like, you know, that show at the OK last episode and it happened uh, for yeah. five more. <laughs> um yeah tommy anything else for you from uh, all this well i guess this is when uh you want to talk about the tracksuit mafia showing up yeah i mean <laughs> they feel so less intimidating like i'm sorry like <laughs> yeah this tracksuit mafia shows up and they just start throwing uh, uh molotov cocktails into the apartment building i really like this scene from like hawkeye and and uh kate's point of view of like I love them. Like he like threw the cocktail back. The guy catches on fire, and then later on, the guy's like, "You were on fire!" <laughs> like they like even mention it. Like I actually thought this was kind of comical in a way. Like I never felt like it was like a big threat. As much as I am sad, the apartment uh, got on fire. It, like kind of felt comical, and then they're like shooting arrows left and right. I thought that was a really fun scene to like uh, again show their dynamic together at, at in combat. You know? Yeah, it's like the whole thing of like every sentence they say has bro in it. You know? Like there is a sense of humor to this that you don't see all the time and it's not necessarily like the most dangerous thing. yeah of course you're scared of these uh, vaguely european guys that can kick your ass but like they're saying bro the whole time well and i, I will say like and i i don't i don't mean this to generalize at all but in my experience like when i worked in a kitchen and like working with people from different countries they oftentimes like find words as a crutch and like i just like i think it's believable that like uh they like they hear bro and they're all like hey bro bro like we know bro like uh yeah i don't know i thought it was i thought it was cute so um but yeah so yeah clip barton catches somebody on fire that's a thing that happened um and um yeah they 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 escape so we will <laughs> and they go get some supplies which this is like the best thing ever in my personal opinion uh, the Avenger supplies they get at like the Dwayne Reed is like Neosporin, uh, Q-tips, and rubbing alcohol. Like it just—it's like not even band aids. It's like lesser than band aids. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. Uh, and again, like uh, especially in the Matt Fraction run of the Hawkeye comics, Hawkeye has bandages on his face like the entire time. So it's like, uh, like I really wanted to see the bandage, specifically one on the nose. We didn't get that. Maybe, maybe it's coming. We'll see. Maybe he's getting bandages throughout. Maybe it's like the Infinity Stones. He's like collecting bandages throughout. Maybe we'll get like a Hello Kitty one. We'll see. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Tommy, uh, do you have any thoughts here? No. I oh, think... hold on. Hold on. Sorry. I'm going to cut you off. I think you might talk about it, but I want to ask. Because I don't think this is ever mentioned. Tony Stark sold Avengers Tower. I think it was mentioned. Maybe I, I I thought I heard it before, but I could not pinpoint what movie it is. But yeah, Michael, that's been like I've been thinking about that too. Like, what does that mean? I know big like people were Osborne. You know, like that's like is that something could it or or Fantastic Four? There's so many possibilities of what Stark Towers could turn into, right? Yeah, so uh, I knew I knew you'd have some sort of theories there. Um, that, sorry to interrupt you. Did you have anything else? No, to say? you're good. No, I think like again, it's just like setting up the threat level, and again, it, it gives a reason for Clint to stay around. To your point of like, well, now now she he knows she's in danger, so now he can't like leave right away. He's got to make sure it's safer. You can't. I, I think that's net negligent, right? If you know a kid's in danger, you you gotta like stay around then, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um... Maybe I'm selfish. Maybe I only look out for my own kids. 
Maybe it's just because you want to be hanging out with uh, Hawkeye. You're like, man, he's never come and hung out with me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, they go to another apartment here, and this is kind of where they're going to be hanging out. Tommy, you're shaking your head. What you got for us? This other apartment. <laughs> or nothing. You're just shaking your head. No, no, I am. Uh, okay. So her aunt is uh, on the, the buzzer. We see the name Mara uh, Brandon. Uh, she's an actress, and we actually see one of her posters in the apartment, Creatures of the Dark Galaxy. So it does seem like they're keeping with that vibe. Um, she also gives her estate to the West Avengers. All right, Tommy. It's not like me with Young Avengers. But they have proof. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they post up here, but uh, Clint is going to go back for the suit, and he's he's going to... I like this scene. He's like he's like stealthily entering as a uh, firefighter. He steals the suit. This is thing I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> he like walks out of the police rope and then walks up to the firefighter truck, like, oh, here's a thing, and he puts that on, and then he puts on a helmet, and he's, good. he's in. It was it's so, so, it's so easy. Yeah, it was so smooth. Like, I was like, man, Clint, you're so cool in this scene. <laughs> He's an Avenger. Like, they are good at stealing things and putting things on. I don't know. Could you see any other Avenger? Hulk trying to st- put it on a little? No, he couldn't do it. Only he Hawkeye could do to do it, you know? He yeah. can't be mean and green. And, like, he has to, like, calm down and then, like, hope not to get angry so it rips off of him, you know? And then he's got to say the word, smash! <laughs> Or sing it if it's Rogers the musical. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, and then we also see he he sees the NYC LARPers here, and that, that is going to stick in his head. But first, let's go back to when he is helping Kate clean her wounds here. There's a couple of funny moments here. I like the, she was like, she's trying to be helpful, and she's like drawing faces of, of the mafia in a notebook. And I believe one of them, one of the descriptions, it was like a very poorly drawn face, and it said, Dumb face, very white. I was like, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, this was a cute scene. I mean, then putting on the bandages, it's hard not to like get reminiscent of like um you know a character that's potentially showing up here, and also uh, a movie that came out this year is Black Widow with like uh, uh, with Natasha and, and Yelena of like you know the same kind of like let me put the bandage on for you. It's a very much mentor uh, mentee you know family relationship kind of. Vibe. Isn't it, uh, Yelena like has to appear in this though? Like, I mean, after that post credit scene in Blackwood, like because like that was definitely not shot in like before this. Like, I'm like if if Florence Pugh doesn't show up in this, I'll be completely flabbergasted yeah i think it's all if not confirmed it's it's like i i'm with you mark i would be very shocked if she i think i'd be a little bit upset actually because she was the best thing in black widow so yeah no exactly that's like that's like the thing that gives me the edge over shang chi sorry shang chi stands i love yelena um i love all i'm not a young adventures guy just bring all the all the young superheroes to me i'll it's fine um but yes, yeah, so um, should we make a bet at some point of what comes first, West Coast Avengers or Young Avengers? Maybe that's a poll. Yeah, uh, I'm assuming uh, as someone that doesn't read the books, uh, I'm gonna assume West Coast Avengers because I've heard of them a little bit more than Young Avengers. Uh, but I mean, also, why is West Coast Avengers stuck in the West Coast? Why can't they go to the why, why can't they all just team up and be U.S. Avengers? East Coast Mark is feeling left out. <laughs> yeah, you got the regular Avengers. They, they, they could be called the East Avengers. Yeah, but like they don't call like they don't call the regular Avengers East Coast Avengers. That's stupid. <laughs> like, 
the New York team. The See, LA I think that's more. I think that's more an insult to the Avengers of like, hey, they're not taking care of their coast. They don't. They only care about New York. They don't care about the well, West. What you're, what you're trying to say is that the West Coast Avengers only take care of like three states. <laughs> well, there's some big states. I'm aware it's a whole coast, but like in my mind, it's like the, the rest of the Avengers take care of like 45 states, and like, oh, it's Nevada. Sorry, it's not the coast. Oh, it's like, out of our the, jurisdiction. They're on the border. Like, oh, you got us this time. Damn it! They went. They went to Las Vegas. Ooh. Yeah, this oh. is exactly how it goes down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the other Avengers uh, take it in anything because they're too young for it, right? Yeah. Yeah, any villain just needs to go into a bar and then it's like, ha ha, you can't oh, come get me. Oh man, I'm 14 years old. I can't even go see an R-rated movie. Why they go see an R-rated movie? And it, it's a crux that will come up. I'm positive. If the West Coast Avengers is there, this is going to be a storyline. So I'm expecting it. Um, so we get we get uh, Hawkeye ends up. He googles up the LARP, larpers. He sees the suit. Um, and uh, he's going to take some action, but not without saying goodbye to his kids as they're going to go be with uh, family. And we get some more signing here again. I thought that was cute between uh, uh, father and child. So um, I, I really liked all that. But um, yeah, so I, I kind of I'm, I'm rushing back to get to this scene when we get back to the apartment um, where we see that now uh this is, I believe, this is where your news anchor shows up again when he is talking about Ronan. And Ronan, he's basically an Avenger in this. Uh... Yeah, so they're they're accusing Ronan of some more stuff. And um, Tommy, I want to ask this: Have have we ever seen? Has Clint always been? Has has Clint always been tatted up? Like he has a sleeve. I don't think I've ever seen this. Am I? I mentioned this too, Michael. I thought this was an interesting take. Maybe he got it during the the Ronan phase of his life. Like that's the only thing I can think of is like. Maybe we saw it or we didn't see it. I don't know. But uh, yeah, he, he's like a cool dad. He's a, is, is Clint a zaddy? Mark, weigh in on this. Is, this, is, is Clint Barn a zaddy? I don't know. I don't think he's cool enough as to be a zaddy, right? But he's got a sleeve. He's got a tattoo sleeve. Did it, I'm tr- I'm like actually thinking back to like Endgame right now to see it's in my mind to be like, was he ever in short sleeves in an Endgame? I think he was. I don't recall seeing a, a sleeve. I believe in the opening scene of Endgame, when we see his family get dusted, he is wearing a flannel and his sleeves are rolled up. And I don't remember seeing a sleeve. Um, that's the only time I can even re- think if <laughs> he's got no. Maybe he got it after, like he's he, you know he's not an Avenger anymore. He's a dad, and he just needs that rush. So he just got wow. an entire sleeve of tattoos. All right, let, let's sing this out. Okay, so yeah, Jeremy Renner, good-looking dude. Clint Barton, still good-looking dude. Uh, he's got like four kids. He doesn't have a dad bod, so I, I mean that. I guess that makes him closer to a zaddy than not. Um, I don't think he has the right energy to be a zaddy. Yeah, it's if that makes sense. I feel like he's too serious of a person to be a zaddy. I don't think a zaddy would take himself that seriously. I think we can safely call him a daddy, though. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. He is yeah. a daddy or a father. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he's somewhere between daddy and zaddy. We don't know yet. Let us know what you think. Um, oh, daddy? No, that that sounds like a fat man. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, a couple other interesting things in this scene. I think we see a little bit more of this apartment. Um, I, I get Moira. I think the name is who owns this apartment. Um, yeah, yeah. A really old TV for some reason, and also like uh, <laughs> uh, Kate Bishop steals her pajamas, and they're like they're like very fancy silk pajamas, which I thought that was kind of funny. 
it's more uh kate bishop doing kate bishop things so i'm always yeah. down for that but um they end up so they're we're outside now and uh clint is i guess walking her to work and this is where um there's a couple funny moments here we the see branding. katniss oh my god the branding and the whole branding sequence is just so great yeah like that cat sorry yeah, yeah. Katniss. No, you're you're good. Uh, yeah, I I just cracked up. That was she's like, oh, there, there you are. He's like, dude, that's Katniss Everdeen. <laughs> it works to the thing that I was mentioning earlier of like he, I think, does feel a little underappreciated in times, even if you won't admit it yet. Like I do think he he does feel kind of left out, and I think that's something that I I like that they're finally addressing to a degree. Yes. So um, we also get a little more on the hearing. Well, actually almost nothing, but uh, Kate Bishop asked about it. And I I, th I think it was kind of funny how like, like, of course he doesn't know what event did this to him. <laughs> like it flashes back to like 10 different explosions he was involved with. So yeah, it was bound to happen. Probably yeah. all of them. Probably a combination, but yeah, I really like the walking, especially like show we watched Survivor. They've just like talked about this with with one of the contestants there, and like how he has to sit on one side of the room. And I think that is interesting. That like yeah, if like that they did like think of that. If they're going to do this with Clint, they did their research, and I appreciate that, you know, and thought about that stuff. Yep. So, um, yeah. Any anything else, Mark? Before we get to the work. Nah, I think this was like. It was a little bit long this part, but I thought it was really. I, I, I'm very okay with this show being a very paced two person scene show. Um, I did love the whole branding sequence. I love like the whole like connecting thing. I mean, like obviously they're gonna like team up in some cool way. I think pretty soon officially, um, which was definitely implied towards the end of the episode whether they want to or not. But like, I don't know. I feel like this is like nice, cute little way to end an act before like a massive thing happens. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, she gets to work, and this is where she sees mom and, and uh, Jack again. So I don't have a whole lot to add on this. I don't know about you guys. Stop me if I'm wrong. But um, I want to talk about the LARPers because that's next. Oh, my God. I have so many questions. But yeah. Mark, no. Lead us into this. Uh, okay, so, like, Tommy, you LARP, right? Or no, I have a history. I, I've dabbled in the LARPing. I'm definitely more of a, a stay-at-home and and D and D. Okay, uh, not having to move as I, much as I the LARPers. I still to this question because like like ever since I watched this episode like an hour and a half ago, and I like I need to like ask this: Are is it true that most LARPers are firefighters and cops? Definitely not. Yeah, from my experience, no. I I've never LARPed with some firefighters or cops. Uh, I think they would beat me up. Like I feel, I feel like I am not on that level. So I, I I'll stick with my like college nerds that eat cheese balls and stuff. Right. Like, I mean, I'll that's like what I'm that thinking. Level. Like traditional larpers are like like college nerds or guys are like forty. Their mom drives them there. Yeah, that's my knowledge. So like, I I think they're also listen. Firefighters maybe can be nerds too. So I'm, I'm assuming they're all of the above. Okay, that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I <laughs> I have no experience with LARPing. I, I actually this kind of like maybe want to LARP a little bit. I was like, this is kind of cool. Like they get their like own tasks and they're like going in and like getting into duels. Like I was all about it. And like the comedy of like Clint being there too is great. So Michael, that's D and D, but in your brain, we got it. We're gonna get D and D's a lot. D and D has a like a lot of like numbers and like rule. Like I, and I know everyone says there's no rules, but. Like like, I'm a sucker for like a good escape room and stuff like that. Like, or give me a good like murder mystery dinner party, which is what this LARPing felt like. Is that the way LARPing is? Like a murder mystery dinner party? It's more like it depends. I mean, it, obviously, it, each 
LARPing can be different. From my experience, it was more like D and D, where it's like you're you're going on a quest uh, and you you know using, but you're doing it in real life, right? Did you have a giant like uh, cape and, like, a, and a staff? People, yeah, you Did and you, you Tommy. First, for me, I was more of a spellcaster, so I had a so uh, you, <laughs> you take foam balls and you, you take foam balls and you cover them in a color like red, and then you're like fireball and you shoot these little red, red balls at people, and you're like, get out of here, fireball, fireball. <laughs> yeah, um, see, Tommy, I think my thing is like I'm more about like the immersive experience, just like Marcus describing, like. I'm down to go to Galaxy's Edge and like dress up and like like yeah. uh, something about like D and D feels like like I'm being put into a ball too much, but we'll 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 figure it out. We're gonna do like Star Wars D and D one day. Like right. what I want to do is like do that weird like hotel stay that they're doing at Disney like that's like two thousand dollars like a week, uh, where you like get thrown into like Star Wars, you know? Yes, like, yes. You know what I'm talking about? Like it's not Star yet, but I'm like that's what I want to do. Give me a fucking real lightsaber. Well, not real lights, but something that like retracts and like let me like have at it, you know. Let yeah. me see like some blue chick. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, um, yeah. But anyways, he beats up with the Ronin here, and the comedy of it all is like they're not gonna break character. They need to duel for the outfit. Um, Tommy, any comments about the duel? I thought this was really funny. Uh, Grills is a character, so this is one of. Uh, in the comics, Creels is Clint's neighbor and also one of his closest friends. So I did like this. I liked the little fist bump there. Maybe we'll see more of, of Creels one day. I, I really liked their interactions during this LARP. I also liked the the lady who like got him to sign in. Like that, I know you are, but these are a bunch of firefighters and cops, and like they're, they're like they take this very seriously. It was like, all right, that's pretty funny. I thought this was a really uh, fun scene and and fun to see Clint kind of open up a little bit. He's still, you know. But he's trying. He just needs a couple more like LARPing sessions. He'll he'll be out there. Alrighty. So I want to talk about this scene because I feel like this was very much like the set dressing for the rest of the series. Um, uh, Clint ends up on the phone with uh, Linda Carlisle, his wife, who like uh, always a, like we're, like I, I'm glad like I feel like she deserves a bigger role, but I'm always happy to see her. So, um, but he calls her and they discuss. She's kind of like, well, you you have five days to get here, which like this seems like like that is like what you say, like the start of like a disaster movie or whatever. Like this is like the perfect way to set up like what this show is. It's going to be him trying to get all for Christmas. And here's my prediction. And as even a prediction, like this feels so obvious, but like like, they're going to make it in five days and Kate Bishop will be there, too. And the show is going to end with them all eating Christmas dinner at the table. So. Why can they be playing piano while it's happening, like singing like Silent Night or something like that? You know, <laughs> yeah, Clint like Clint sings sings us out at the end. Yeah, that's definitely happening. I I loved this scene. I loved for multiple reasons. You know, we talked about the bad relationship of Eleanor and Jack, but this is such a great relationship. He communicates to her. She knows about the Ronin days. He didn't try to hide that from her. He told her about the time she was blipped in in, in that. I think that's so cool. And like, very, yeah. like he had to, right? Like it's part of his his story now. And like, I like when he's like, like the conversation where she goes like, what's the play? Like she's in on it. Like she's, she's just as invested as he is about his life. And uh, then they mentioned Nat, right? He's like, nice. One of Nat's old most. Cause he's like, I'm going to do the little catch and release. Uh-huh. I just thought it's like, it felt very like, real like like they're mentioning things that we know and it felt their chemistry is really even on a phone call it was very uh cool i mean i think it's really great that like there's a whole world out there where people that like could be in a relationship 
that don't know the other half was that like don't know what the person did for five years or knows doesn't know the real version. And I think it's really cool that like she's like cool. He was a vigilante uh, who was murdering people like to like make things better in whatever way he could. And I, and she still loves him. And I think that's like a really great thing. I think it's really powerful and beautiful that they like that their relationship is that open. Yeah, no, I'm all about this. Um, so let's talk about the fencing scene. Tom, oh, did I miss something, Tommy? Yeah, I just want to talk about, um, we, we said like she went to work, but I just want to talk about all the work stuff with her. First of all, like the fact that it's Bishop Security. I'm telling you, Security, she, her mom, I don't know. But the main thing I want to talk here was she gets a phone call from a detective, uh, Caudell, who uh, not much yet. Again, this is kind of like that Daredevil vibes, is like, or even Jessica Jones vibes, where it's like you get that detective buddy. Yeah, in the comics, this detective helps Kate Bishop out a bunch. So I, I definitely think we're going to see more of him. I think he's going to come up and eventually like be part of the team, is my thought on that. Yes, I, I completely skipped over that, so thank you for catching me. But it's because I'm so excited to talk about the fencing scene. The fencing scene is really fun. Tommy, I know you got some stuff to say about all this. Yeah, I mean, all this stuff with Jack is like, He's so swarmy, like he's so awful and so condescending in so many ways. But this fencing scene, I'm on her side. I would have got mad too. Like clearly he's like, it's definitely like she's showing more of her feelings of like he's lying about a lot more. But he was like playing with her like, oh, little kid, I, I'm not going to give you my best. Like, come on, give it. Like she's asking you to fight her, fight her. I don't know. That's how I felt. Yeah, Mark, what do you, you, you make of this scene? Yeah, I mean like. It's interesting is like you do see him giving some and at first like, oh maybe that is all, but you realize like that he knows what he's doing with the sword. I want to talk about how cool the cinematography was this and this, like how they had like the camera pointing down from like the roof and stuff like that, and like in different areas. Like they made this like cool little hallway thing look like a lot used its space a lot better than it could have. And it was really well shot. I thought it was like such an important part, like it's, whether he is good or is or bad, it was interesting seeing this and like her mom just saying they're like, can like we get this over with? Like just hanging out there, like I love it. No, this is definitely the most evil vibes I get from the mother, Tommy. So I, I hear you there. Um, and then and again, this guy's playing on so thick that he's like. He's, he pretends to not know what a Molotov cocktail is. I'm like, dude, come on. Give me a break. It's not a drink. God, he's the worst. I like, he's just like, I, what does, Eleanor has to be evil because otherwise, what does he, she see in him? Like, really? Like, there's just nothing. Maybe the mustache is just that, like, it's, it's that. It's a mustache, man. I think yeah. it is. It must be because there's like, and like, he has the cool gray streaks, like, uh, Mr. Fantastic, you know? Yeah. Like, he's like definitely smarmy, good looking evil dude with a mustache. It'll be like over here in a few years. <laughs> I'm already getting that touch of gray a little bit, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, uh, and this is also we get the, the butterscotch comes back up. And so I was like, uh, when I saw the original, I was like, why are we fucking on butterscotch? But yeah, I guess it makes sense. So. And that's what I'm saying. It's too on the nose. It's yes. too clear yeah. that it's him, that it has to be someone else. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's it's too obvious here. So um Let's talk about now. Now she's she's gonna hunt down. Uh, she's trying to call Hawkeye, and uh, one of the tracksuit dudes answers, and then she tracks him down using her security uh, access. So um, this was fun. Um, I, I like when <laughs> when uh, she shows up and she falls to the the roof. So that was fun. 
And Hawkeye had a plan, like he was gonna do the classic bait and switch, you know, yeah, like yeah, catch and release, up, like the like the 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 the, the uh, handcuffs, you know. Yeah, and I love that she's like she thinks she's helping, but she made it worse, and now they're stuck there. Uh, I, yeah, I love again it's just showing their dynamic, and I I love that she was trying and she just falls through the roof. <laughs> so good. So, um, but yeah. So, uh, but Clint. Clint has a plan here. He wants to talk to the boss. And this is when we get um, Echo, which I don't I don't know people listening if they're completely full, filled in with who this character is. But this is Echo. Um, Tommy, what can you say about Echo? Echo's, you know, like interesting. I mean, I, you know, we already know uh, that she's getting a TV show, you know, so like there's, we're definitely going to get a lot of her or at least enough that like people want to see more. Um the main thing, like I've already kind of hinted at, is like again more Kingpin vibes. I'm over here with my conspiracies this week, and and hopefully I'm right about one. She's the, the adoptive daughter of Kingpin, um, so yeah, you know, there's definitely a lot more with her. But that's that's the main thing for me that I'm like, oh, like they're introducing you know some of that family tie-in. So does that mean she's evil, or that she's just related to evil? Like that's what I could figure out. Like yeah, of course she's affiliated with the tracksuit mafia, but like we know that they're like a they're like the Keystone cops of bad guys, pretty much. Like I know, I know nothing about Echo. Like, so I'm really, I'm really intrigued what we learn and like what that makes me want to do to watch her series. You know, I've seen her go back and forth. Like she's been part of the New Avengers, but she's also been part of the Hand. So it's like, I think it's kind of that. Yeah, but uh, either way, and this is what's interesting to me because like you know we get Wandavision and then we get like the hype for Agatha, like everyone loved Agatha, and then they create they decided to come out with the Agatha TV show, right? Um, while in this instance we have not met this character yet, and they've already decided it's time for an Echo TV series, so um, uh, they must have a big a grand plan here, and and I do like that they're thinking ahead. Like I don't think they were planning on having an Agatha show. Yeah. I feel like this is kind of like. Uh, they're just pandering to the fans a little bit in that respect. But this seems like they have a plan, and I'm excited for it. And isn't Echo coming out soon, too, right? It's, like, in production already, right? Like, Yeah, it, I guess it's tough to say what soon actually means when it comes to these shows, since there's so many. I feel like it's probably still maybe three or four shows out. Um, like, I, I think we'll get... Well, we're definitely getting Miss Marvel, M- Moon Knight, and She-Hulk before it. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But... That brings us to the end, guys. Um, do we have any other tips or t- talking points here? Oh. No, I think overall we're just like very excited to see where it goes. I really hope they don't drop the ball because so far I'm I'm really impressed with what they did here. Uh, I think if it becomes a send off for Clint, that's kind of where I'm leaning and kind of thought going into this. I know I'm on my own on that with a lot of, for a lot of people, but I think it's already setting up a lot of cool stuff for him, and I think it's like. It's well needed. And, and I think Kate is going to be a lovely addition to the uh, uh, MCU. Yes. Yeah, I think, like, we have a really nice hour and a half of TV here this week. Um, it's just really well done and interesting. And the humor the humor is different than other Marvel. And I'm really intrigued by what we're getting. Um, like, I haven't been this excited from a premiere since... Well, since Loki, honestly, uh, but like Loki, I feel like even dropped the ball a little bit personally, like in the middle parts of the, of the series. But I think that this is that two for two for the episodes, honestly. Yep, yep. No, I think this show is going to be very good. I'm very excited for it. 
But um, you guys want to jump into some recommendations? Let's rec rec recommendation it up. All right, Tommy, what you what you got? I guess after all that. Um, hey, it's me, Tommy. Uh, I'm back to just like re recommend what I re recommended last week. Uh, Will Time, it came out. I finally watched it. I really enjoyed the first episode. You know, it's I've heard some things like the production value isn't like Game of Thrones. It's not going to be. But I do think the story's there. I think if you like that kind of fantasy vibes, I think you'll really enjoy the show. If you're looking for that kind of show right now. All right. Um, Mark. All right. I want to a couple of recommendations. Uh, I just saw Power of the Dog before I went down to Florida uh, for my for my vacation. Uh, it's really, really good. It's going to probably win a couple of Oscars uh, and be up for a, lot, a couple of Oscars. I thought it was a really awesome Western. And I don't like Westerns. It felt like an Ibsen play, but set in the West. I also want to recommend a couple of podcasts that I feel like a lot of people don't really aren't talking about. Um, uh, Household Faces, which is a character actor podcast hosted by uh, John uh, John Ross Bowie, and um, and it's, he, he talks like cool character actors, like he talks to like people that play like Jason and other cool act character actors out there. Uh, and also Nice Try, which is an amazing podcast. First season is all about utopias. Second season is all about household uh, so, like uh, in, stuff. Uh, like they had an amazing episode about the history of bidets. Um, and like it's just a really great show, and I, I can't recommend it enough. Well, well, thank you, Mark. We it's it, like because we always say, like, you can recommend anything you want, right? And uh, few people bring podcasts, so I appreciate you doing that. I mean, uh, you know, this is I've listened to this almost every week, so yeah, yeah, um, why right, right? I'll bring something new here. Um, I'm gonna recommend an app, a game app. A phone app. Um, it's The Simpsons tapped out. Look, this game is probably like 10 years old. But At I just want to say, I, 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 what's that? At least, yeah. Yeah. But but they're still updating it regularly. It's still very good. I just got back into it. And like maybe I shouldn't recommend it because like, I'm kind of obsessive over it. But I like building my little town and like unlocking different characters. And like it is. It's called Tapped Out. And the main thing is like you're tapping things. You know, it's like the Farmville type thing. But um, yeah, I, it's bringing me a lot of happiness recently. And if you want to like get lost in a little town builder, I recommend Simpsons Tapped Out. So there you go. There's a there's a there's an app for you. All right, Mark, thank you so much for joining us here today. This was so much fun, and uh, we can't wait to have you back. But I want to I want to give you the chance, uh, you know, I wanna, what are you up to, man? Where can people find you? And, yeah, uh, I like stuff. I mean, you see a fun at the Alamo Draft House in Brooklyn about five days a week, but that's a whole different story. Um, if you, yeah, say hi to me if you see me. Uh, but uh, you can tweet at me, at MarkLeeV85. Uh, I'm trying to get Blockbuster Guy back up. Um, it had a really nice little run early in the summer, and um, after oddly enough, a Simpsons writer saw the show, it definitely convinced me that the show needs to get up again. Um, and if you like Blockbuster, you can actually see like me read the script on my YouTube page. Uh, if you go there, just have a Mark Levy and Blockbuster guy, but yeah, uh, very happy to be on the show after wanting to be on it for a while, and I love you both so. Uh, yeah. We love you, and I'm gonna put that. I'm gonna put that. Uh, I'll find that that your YouTube and put it in the show notes as well, so if, so people can go watch that directly from the podcast. But um, again, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. I'm gonna close this out here with a couple of thank yous to Aaron Robertson who does our music, and Ethan Kellum who did our logo. I also like to remind you guys to rate and review us on iTunes, preferably five star reviews. 
Also subscribe. And I say all this because we're starting a new show. People are going to want something to listen to after watching Hawkeye. And they're going to go to their podcast app and they're going to type in Hawkeye. And we're going to come up if we have a lot of activity. So if you could do that, it would mean the world to us. Also, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at StarWarsPod. And you can also ask us for a Discord link there. And uh, you can join our little community online. Um, But I think that's all we got for you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next week. Bye, 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 bye. Bro, bro.